0: The Florida Panthers unveil their 30th anniversary logo for this upcoming season. We're going to discuss the history from 1993 all the way to now. Best and worst moments and go through our favorite logos and sweaters.
1: You're locked on Panthers. Your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: And welcome into this Friday, July 28th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter, at MonoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter and Instagram, at L-O underscore F-L-A Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. And Cats fans, what an... A fun episode this is going to be because with the Florida Panthers unveiling their 30th anniversary logo, this gives us an opportunity to make this episode more of 30th anniversary everything when it comes to not only the good and the bad, but just everything from on and off the ice, logos, logos, sweaters, you name it. And who better to do it here on a Friday than my guest co hosts on a fairbanks friday nick fairbanks is here and wearing and and putting some 30th anniversary flavor of his own here on the lockdown florida panthers podcast with his own uh leaping panther uh, jersey nick welcome back to another edition of fairbanks friday my friend
1: thank you and uh you know we were waiting to see what uh, the panthers are going to put out as far as you know were they going to celebrate the 30th anniversary uh, were they going to come out with a new logo? Were they going to stick with the Leaping Panther? Were they going to stick with the Shield? So uh, very happy to see uh, the direction that they decided to go. And um, can't wait to get the, this whole 30th festival uh, started, so to say.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and you also think about what they also detail – how how they structure the 30th anniversary logo? You put the leaping panther right on right on top with with the hockey stick, the three the three lines on the on the stick, the the tape to represent each uh, decade as well. The the shield around it that represents the the current logo and actually a dedication to uh, the army as well and all and all here. So it's it's a you know you, you and you can expect this to be at center ice throughout the season as, as well too so just uh and and to think the ducks have had their 30th anniversary logo for weeks now so we were just waiting for the florida panthers to do this too and i think they kind of took a little bit of an idea from the marlins too because when they were had their 30th anniversary logo they had the the teal but with the current marlins logo too so mm-hmm. i guess the the florida panthers decided to do it a little bit uh backwards in this in this instance too so i i just think it's a uh, it's uh, respecting the past, but um, but building towards the future, and uh, also the video, the the video that was narrated by by Bill Lindsey there, and if, <laughs> the corniest part of that video <laughs> was when he got his game winner against the Boston Bruins in round one, was like he, what is when he was saying how'd that go in? <laughs> so just a just a little bit of corniness, but hey, you gotta when it's a Florida Panthers legend um, narrating it, I mean you got to put some humor in it.
1: Of course, this is a joyous time. I mean, a lot of uh, NHL experts or a lot of people around the NHL probably wouldn't have given this franchise a, a chance after maybe 20 years, uh, 25 years. You know, if Doug Sifu and Vinny Viola didn't, you know, buy the team back in 2013, 2014, who knows where they'd be right now. So, you know, we got to give them, you know, kudos to the fact that Steam is still here. They're actually being successful now you know, four straight trips to the playoffs and, you know, hopefully the best is to come. But um, just this should be a joyous occasion for everybody. I mean, um, we've been through a lot as Panthers fans, Um, you know, some more than others, you know, it depends on which decade or what year you decided to become a fan. But I think we've all bonded together over the last two, I want to say three years of the team really winning and what better time to do that with bringing all three decades together of fans.
0: And speaking of all three decades, uh, the the Florida Panthers are going to have nights dedicated to each decade. Nineties night will be on January 11th against the Los Angeles Kings. Two thousand night will be on March 7th against the Philadelphia Flyers. And then 2010s until now is going to be March 28th against the New York Islanders. And all started with a dream of Wayne Huizinga, the owner of Blockbuster coming in <laughs> and, and, owning three out of the four South Florida teams at, at, at the time. The only one he never owned was the Miami heat and all and, and bringing it into the Miami arena and making it to the Stanley cup Final, just their third year of existence, of course, with moving up to sunrise and, and having, and in its history, having four different names to that, uh to that <laughs> arena to owned by Broward County, the renovations for the scoreboard that happened, I believe it was like 2013 when the renovations happened mm-hmm. at, at at uh at then uh bb Center as well, but also we we also consider the hardships too. the 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 team went through de- three different types of rebuilds too. Of, with the, of course the very beginning one, Rod Niedermeyer was their very first pick ever. Ed Jovanowski mm-hmm. was the number one overall pick the very next year. The, the 2010s as well the 2010s was sub, um, especially the 2010 draft was supposed to be that draft that was the full reset where you get eric branson there you get nick Bugstad as part of the nathan horton trade which the panthers that traded four spots back um as well in that in that same draft and and quinton howden as well who bukestad and howden ended up being serviceable guys mm-hmm. for a little while but did weren't mainstays and different makers, and of course we've had our fair share of criticism of Gabranson over, over the years as well, who's had eight NHL teams now. So and and then and then uh, and then, uh, but of course the hits Bar- Barkov, Huberto, Ekblad as well. But you also think about the different players who played in in the Florida Panthers, despite losing Pavel Bure. Scoring fifty-eight goals in back-to-back season, fifty-eight and fifty-nine, excuse me, mm-hmm. and 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 then even a, a trade that brought in a future captain and a Vesna Trophy goalie as well, in 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 Roberto Luongo is is as, as, as well and Oli Jokinen, all in that too, but it never really translated to team success, neither man.
1: It didn't, and you know I, I think what this ownership group has proven is that. They're willing to take risks and put all their chips on the table when they feel like it's needed. I honestly can't say that about previous ownership groups. To be you know completely honest, it's um, it's night and day. I mean, I I can honestly say that when Pablo Burry became a Florida Panther, that's when I became a Florida Panther fan. But the amount of talent that was around him and that they tried to surround him with was it was just him. To be honest, I mean, there was a few players like, you know, Paul Loss, uh, Robert Svela, um, you know, that were there and they just they just could not get over the hump. I mean, they had Ray Whitney as well. Victor Kozloff. Um, It's just. It could have been the right players. Just the wrong time. So mm-hmm. I think that's been a lot of what Florida's had to go through. And now they're starting to hit, uh, you know, what they need to hit on all cylinders.
0: No doubt. And, and you, you think about r- r- wrong, wrong place at the, at the wrong time as, 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 well. And you think about when it comes to making a, a Stanley cup final in 96 and it being an expansion team as well in that, in that part, um, Vegas goal, Vegas, when they made it in 2018, they were the Island of um, the, the, the misfit toys, just like the Florida mm-hmm. Panthers were when, when they, when they made the Stanley cup final I, I, as well. and, and, and and as well as i want to go back to another rebuild that the florida panthers did have in the early 2000s Steven weiss ended up getting being uh being fourth overall and then the twice the florida panthers had the number one overall pick and and traded that both both times uh, could have had an opportunity to get rick nash i did not think that the florida panthers i, I was not watching hockey at the time but i'm sure the Florida Panthers were not going to go after Mark Andre Fleury. It, it, if anything, they missed out on on prime Eric Stahl at, 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 in 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 that one in in uh in two thousand mm-hmm. uh two thousand three. That's when they got uh Nathan Horton in, in in that one as well. But then you think about two thousand two, uh, Jay Boe all the problems that he had with the Florida Panthers and wanting to be out too as well, and just relation between relationship of coach and, and coach player management all that. And of course we can't we can't discount all the rumors, the two of the instability here as well.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, what I was alluding to earlier. Um, you know, you can put all the right pieces, you know, on the roster and try to make something out of it. But if you don't have management, you don't have ownership backing completely. Uh, and you don't have the right mentality going in. It's not going to work out. Um, you know, as we'll get into it, you know, I, I found it interesting that the video glossed over after Pavel Burry was traded and went right to 2011 uh, when the Florida uh, made the playoffs again, 2011-2012 season. So literally that whole era of when Weiss, Horton, and Bo Meester were drafted, not a word, not a picture.
0: Those were really the dark. Those were what a lot of people describe as the darkest days yep. of, mm-hmm. of being of being a Florida Panthers fan. And we're going to discuss. Let's actually transition more to segment number two, where we'll discuss more about the the those days and and how how you, you need to go through a little bit of hardships in order to get on the other side as well. We're going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On. Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about AG1. And our next partner, AG1, is something I literally drink every day because being from South Florida, drinking a lot of Cuban coffee, sometimes I need a little bit of a break. I drink AG1 in the morning before my workout, and it makes me feel great. And it makes me feel unstoppable. It makes me ready to take on the day. And for if you need a comprehensive solution, is that what you need for supplement routine? Then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D, free AG1 travel packs in your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com nhlnetwork network. Check it out. Segment number two here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast where the Florida Panthers unveiled their 30th anniversary logo. We're going to talk about more of the franchise and what the Panthers have gone through over these 30 years. And also, I think about the family aspect of the Panthers now with guys working in different parts of the organization. Roberto Longo working in the front office, Brian McCabe being part of the player development, even the broadcast, Randy Moeller, who who had a short stint with the Florida Panthers <laughs> as well, Ed, Ed Jovanowski, part of that '96 team, uh, um, uh, unfortunately uh, was uh, part of the trade for Pavel Bure as, as, as well. But um, thankfully, he made he ended up making his way back to the Florida Panthers uh, late, later on. But also some of the hard years as well. I can only imagine watching the Florida Panthers in two thousand four, seeing Luongo just showing out every single night, facing nine hundred plus shots more than someone like Martin Brodeur, and isn't even close to the Vesna conversation there as as well. I can only imagine the frustration during that time when when it was when, he, when and that was a, an era we don't really see this anymore of goalies playing seventy plus games there's also an era of of, uh, of G- GMs being also head coaches as well. We don't see that in the NHL anymore. Uh, of, of course, we could talk about the dead puck era versus now the 0405 lockout, which changed everything I- as well. But the, the, but also that with, again, like I mentioned, guys th- sticking around the franchise and wanting to see the, see this franchise grow. It's, it's great to see, man.
1: You know, there's, um, a lot of things that could be said, you know, uh, about, you know, the, the, those years where it was the darkest, you know, not only was it the darkest for Florida, but it was probably the darkest for the NHL because of the work stoppage. And it's still yet to this day to own, the only sport to lose a full season because of a labor stoppage. And um, in a way it's embarrassing, but I think what had happened to the league after that, it came out to be better and it became the best that it possibly has been, um, you know, you had Sidney Crosby leading the way, uh, Alex Ovechkin, you had that tandem coming out, but you know, um, Florida still needed to really find themselves as far as like what they were going to do following that. I mean, they still had their young trio of Bo Weiss, and Horton, but they didn't really have anything else. Uh, they were just trying to sign guys or get guys to actually ice the team. And unfortunately um, it just didn't pan out, not enough talent to go around and, you know, again, back to ownership, back to leadership, you know, you make Mike Keenan, the GM and the coach, probably not going to work out. You make Jacques Martin coach and GM, <laughs> probably not going to work out. So, um, it's, it was just a really trying time and they were just really trying to find their way. And I don't think that they were able to find their way until Dale Talon came in and I don't want to say cleaned house. But he set a new precedent, and I think he put Florida back on the map uh, following the 2000 season. In my opinion,
0: yeah, and and like I've said many times on this show, there's there not there isn't there's a few things to criticize Dale Talon for, but some of the draft picks that he got right, you could you could give him um, credit credit for, uh, mm-hmm. as far as bringing someone in relation to another player, like, for example, Gerard Gallant, who coached Jonathan Huberto in junior, that that's, that's, that's something of importance when you're, when you're, when this young winger is coming into your franchise and you know, you have someone who's very familiar with his, with his game as well. And Gerard Gallant, of course, uh, was rumored to, um, was rumored to possibly be the coach of the Calgary Flames this summer as well. and, And, and all, and, and of we can't not mention the Tom Rowe situation as as well. Him, the Dale Town being GM for four or five years, Tom Rowe taking over for two, then becoming the head coach and GM. Which they were, we were going, we we're going back to this uh, conversation about <laughs> Mike Keenan and Jacques Martin as well. Tom Rowe had to wear both of those hats as as, as well in, in in that situation too. And didn't, didn't end up well. But also, we talk about valuable trades for Pavel Bure. We can't forget Yarmir Yager as well in this, in, this, in this instance. Coming in 2015, when, when the Panthers traded, I believe it was two second-round picks to New Jersey Devils at, at, at the time. And I said this a few years ago, Nick, where maybe I said this in 2021, where I felt the impact of Yager was still there for mm-hmm. Barkoff, Huberto, and Ekblad. Now, of course, Huberto's gone now, but the fact that these guys are on the other end of 20, I feel like because they have matured into their own, I don't believe the impact is there as much. I'm not saying it's worn off completely. You, 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 you there's, there's things you could always take away, but I, I believe that the, that the, what y- Yarmouk Yager brought and what, and the message kind of went away for a little bit. I,
1: I do think so. Um, I, th- I think when you have a player of that magnitude, and I'm going to put him in probably the top five, top 10 players of all time, um, you know, not just, not because of longevity, just with how good he was and how consistent he was. And he didn't really have to change too much of his game at all, whether that's, you know, in the dead puck era, in the new era after the lockout, um, it's just, it was very humbling to see that he would come down here and he was able to impart his knowledge, his, uh, you know, training regimen and everything onto Barkoff and to Uberto. But I think, you know, that can only go so far. You know, you could lead a water to horse. Wow, that was totally backwards. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. Um, and I honestly think that that facilitated the trade of Huberto, to be honest, um, you know, he, he took what he could from Jager, but unfortunately I don't think winning or putting himself out there for the team really, um, really was part of his, uh,
0: DNA. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. so yeah. and, and, it, it it's still great to see that, that moment that Jager did get second get, did get to the second all-time points, passing Gordy Howell and stopping the game. <laughs> Randy Muller ha, has yeah. that interview with him, which is, is still his uh, profile uh picture on Twitter. And when you go into the the press box into FLA labarino, the Roger Nielsen press box, by the way, the first coach in Florida Panthers history, the, you, you see Randy Moeller, uh, as far as the media hall of fame, him with Yammer Yager there as well. And speaking of head coaches, uh, I know we've t- chatted about, we want 10, uh, a lot in the president's trophy winning season, but also one of the coolest moments, uh, was, well, I don't know if this is a cool moment, but it crazy situation. Doug McLean was fired in November of 1997, mm-hmm. the very next game. The Florida Panthers scored 10 goals against the Boston Bruins in a 10-5 win in the Miami Arena. So it's <laughs> crazy his, history there as far as as far as what happened there and and Doug McClain being the guy who took them to the Stanley Cup final, who's very vocal too. Very. Yeah. Very vocal. He was very vocal about the G- Gallant uh firing when it happened. He was even very vocal in the middle of this season too when the Florida Panthers were just not looking like they were in in the in the in the previous season as well so a little bit of history which Paul Maurice, uh one playoff win away from passing uh Doug McLean, as well hmm. but here's also some records that the current uh Panthers hold the, the the current state of the Panthers just once again letting you guys know that this version of the Panthers we are very fortunate to be living through history right now with Never Barkov, Barkov getting uh, the most points in in Panthers history, uh, Ekblad most points f- for a defenseman, passing Robert Svela I- I- as well, and and games. As, mm. as, uh, Sergey Bobrovsky <laughs> still 125 wins below Roberto Luongo, likely not going to break that. But you think you think about the goalies that the Panthers have had. We didn't even mention mm-hmm. Thomas Vokoun you yep. you mentioned those dark years from 04 to 2010 Thomas Wolko was a very bright spot a big bright spot for the Panthers though in in that in that era
1: yeah for all the criticism he took um and you have to remember like watching hockey and not having twitter or like real social media, you would go to like message boards. Like I used to post on um, hockey Hockey future boards. Yeah. And the criticism of oh, like he couldn't stop that one. I'm like, look at everything else he's stopping though. Like the fact that he came here uh, with Martin in his first season, and he just, to me, he showed out, he was a great goalie. Uh, I just wish he had more help. Uh, And then you have Craig Anderson that came in and bailed him out, um, you know, under Pete DeBoer. Um, So Florida has been very fortunate. Uh, in their goaltending department. I think that the um, the trade of Luongo coming back to Florida was huge because uh, we didn't know what was going on. Uh, Markstrom, um, I believe, was still kind of injured in, in the minors. Tim Thomas went the other way. Uh, to, he got he traded to Dallas. He was not um, happy about that trade. <laughs> no, he, he wasn't, and I can understand. But at the same time, it's a business, and you should know mm. that. Um, but Florida's been – like you could just name the goalies that they've had. They've had vamp Beesbrook. Uh, I'm going to put Trevor kid in there because he had a lights out beginning of the season. That really looked like he was going to be the guy. And then unfortunately injuries got to him. And then you have Luongo Bukun, Uh I can't even really tell you who's, who's going to be. Well, yeah. Jose Theodore for that one season and then Former to, trophy winner. yeah, exactly. And then you're back to Luongo and then he passes the torch to Bobrovsky. So, um, Hopefully that trend continues. Hopefully it's going to be Spencer Knight. If not, expect the trade. To mm-hmm. be honest, so that we can continue what they've had.
0: Yep, and uh, they the, this franchise historically has not been uh, shy of, of uh, doing any any of those as well. So we're gonna we're gonna transition over to segment number three. We're gonna discuss our favorite logos and our favorite sweaters throughout uh Florida Panthers history on the as the Florida Panthers celebrate their 30th anniversary and reveal their logo. We're going to discuss that more here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Friday, July 28th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast is another edition of Fairbanks Friday. And I downloaded this picture and I haven't shown it on the YouTube, so I'm going to show the audience here the YouTube uh the the logo that we have here. So another reason for you guys to subscribe uh to uh the channel so you guys can see a visual of not only the logo that the Florida Panthers revealed but you know me and Nick's uh, pretty faces uh here as well but Nick That's let's talk much. about let's talk about uh our uh some of our favorite logos and uh and sweaters uh for the Florida Panthers and early on in their days they had the three uniform the three sweaters of blue white and red and let's also remind the folks that there was a time where it was switched where the home team wore white and 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 the dark team was uh the the road team uh so if you watch game four of the stanley cup final and you see patrick Waugh in in maroon yes they they are the road team there uh but i'm surprised that this current edition of the panthers sweaters They don't have a blue one, a a dark, a dark blue one in in this edition, which it's funny because, Nick, it's always the non-Panther fans who always point out the jerseys for the away versus home. One says Florida, the road jersey. The other says Panthers. I realized that more when I bought my first jersey. I'm like, okay, cool. This is a cool this is a cool feature when they first brought it out in 2016 but then you have the powder blue, which, in my opinion, that's one of the ugliest uniforms in in, in the history of the in the history of the franchise. <laughs> and I say, see Nick saying thank you with just the lo- the Panther logo face. But with the reverse retro jersey of this year, they kept they brought back the F L A with the sun there. So I'm I'm glad that they brought a little bit of old and a little bit of new in the current edition of the reverse retro.
1: That was a nice little touch. Now if that was just the logo that they decided to go with to put on those terrible baby blue jerseys, and I don't care what anybody says, those things were hideous. And the fact that they had to get JetBlue to sponsor that is disgusting, in my opinion. Uh, Might as well just put a plane on the front and become the Jets. But (laughs) anyways, so the fact is is that that FLA with the sun was awesome and i think my all-time favorite logo is exactly what they put on the retro jersey this season was the sun with the sticks and everything i think that is quintessential south florida hockey i relate that to uh, florida hockey um outside of the leaping panther um i'm still in a way um not used to the shield uh that they have right now but You know, if they get another color that they decide to go with, um, you know, they try to do a a darker blue jersey uh, to switch it up. Or, you know what, I'm a big fan of the Miami Vice uh, mock-ups that I've seen. I would love to see one game where they wear black uh, with, you know, the pink trim, the light blue and everything. Not powder blue, light blue, sky blue, I would say. I think that would look pretty sick on the ice. Um, Kind of like on Dallas with their jerseys.
0: Oh, like the – like the, the dark kind of what they, yep. what the Dallas stars do. Oh man. Those are some of the slickest uh, sweaters uh, in, in the national hockey league as well. And it's crazy when you think about logo change and you think about when, when, and it's always, it, it, it's very common in South Florida sports too, uh, for, for them criticizing the the South Florida teams as far as changing their logos. As far as the baseball front, I wish they could go back to the original Marlins logo. Yeah, for for the Panthers, you have the different editions of the leaping panther as well. You have one with just the leaping panther with the claws. The one that you have currently here on the YouTube uh, channel, it's more detailed as well. There's one with the hockey sticks, is, is mm-hmm. the broken stick as well too there, and you know, you know, we don't hear as much noise with the Panthers. About changing the logo back as much as we do, of course, because this team is more popular—the Miami Dolphins. We always hear about <laughs> get, throwing it, get throw it back to the throw it back to the seventies yep. and keep that logo forever. Here's the thing, though. We we wouldn't appreciate the old logo for what it was if we had it forever, and that's the thing. And I think that's a cool thing about bringing it back every so often because it gives you that that little rush when you see it i mean think about the reverse retros back in 2000 to 2021 uh with, with that, when they had the, the 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 dark blue as well they brought they they had the 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 stick the sun stick and the, mm-hmm. and the palm tree on the, on the side it's like okay those are the those are the florida panthers that a lot of people remember when they first uh when in when they first came into inception in the national hockey league as well so it's a it's a it's a little bit of whenever I hear fans complain about that, think about think about that aspect and and listen, from the business side of it, where owners are thinking about when sales peak, when you bring it back, then there's going to be that peak of of sales as well. So that's why they also do it too. So that's another thing to consider. I mean, I bought both reverse retro. I mean, I think they're my favorite jerseys now. They did a phenomenal job
1: with both of them. Um, you know, if that was a partnering job between Florida and, uh, you know, the manufacturer and everything, I, they did perfect. Um, did you know that there was a period of time that the red jersey did not exist for Florida?
0: Wow. It was just, It was just
1: white and that navy blue. And then finally, mm-hmm. when Talon came back, uh, you know, we we see Red campaign came out. They brought the red jersey back. And that that energy right there, I think, you know, brought a little bit of life in the franchise. So um, Red is going to be here to stay, I think. Um, I'd be interested to see what they're going to do with the new Leaping logo. Um, maybe they'll rebrand a little bit. Um, you know, I'd be interested to see that one uh, on a mock-up jersey uh, in okay. the
0: future. I'm thinking of old slogans. We see Red. What? Uh one under the sun that's another yep. one that i could think of on the top of my head that one's a, no it's funny because there's a at the ice den i see a broward county uh flag and then it's it, it, i forgot the exact quote uh, it says something under the sun i'm like okay i see where the florida panthers got that caption from in, in relation to uh broward county as well so kind of, kind of a, a play on words as far as them and let's not let's uh also Let's also discuss more about the fan experience. We spoke about the about the Jumbotron that's mm-hmm. new and improved as well. But also the the seating that, that got replaced. They there used to be like green seats. I I, I, I if I'm not mistaken. Uh <laughs> so it was it was hideous to watch on TV it was just watching old highlights of, of of Office Depot, National Car Rental Center, but now you yep. see it blend too um as well so it, it's just this franchise has come a long way my friend uh and the like i say like i said after the president's trophy winning season i'm going to say it again keep the energy alive, panther fans because uh because this this part of the panthers history uh especially with the sales likely going to peak with the 30th anniversary it, it's the the fan experience could be better I hear a lot of people on Twitter complaining about it, especially from season ticket holders. Um, we acknowledge that. Uh, mm-hmm. But the fan experiences, in my opinion, has gotten so much better from when I started going to games in the early 2010s.
1: Well, that's what happens when, you know, you start caring about the people who fill your building and you want to attract more fans um, to come back or even invite new ones. I mean, you know, I, I can only imagine you know, um, a son and a father going to a game, you know, the father's been to a game, but his son never has. And, you know, him going to a game, maybe in the early 2000s or the late 2010 or the early 2010s, and then taking his son to a game now, how different it is, how much the atmosphere is, in my opinion, more fun. Um, it's not as stiff, I'm going to call it, but I think that the organization has done a, a really good job and I think they're going to be improving on that. I think George Richards reported that um, after the all-star game, after the Stanley cup, that um, the Panthers were looking to upgrade not only their sound system, but uh, other aspects of the arena as well. So I think they're listening. I think they just needed uh, a good example or they needed a run. Like they had this last season to rally, to really put things into perspective of what um you know, a game and entertainment should be.
0: Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you the truth. When I was in the building for the Stanley cup final, they had it, They added the sound systems there yep. and the goal horn was not stupid loud when they scored. And I'm like, wow, I could actually hear the, the, the goal songs too. The, <laughs> it, because with the regular sound system, it would, it would just be that over everything. You could barely hear what the, what Andrew Ember on the PA was saying too, if that was, pl- if, if it happened to play at the same time, but it was at a, a better pitch fr- from that. And I actually have, I I actually realized that honestly, after like two weeks after the Stanley Cup final, when I was just going through my phone and mm-hmm. and listening to like old videos of the Panthers coming out for warmups, I, I just took that observation of, wow, the goal horn's not as loud with this system too. So Hopefully, we see a little bit of an example of that next season, kind of like what we saw in the Stanley Cup Final. And the fans who are listening to this, who were at the Stanley Cup Final, know what I'm talking about. Um, and hopefully, we we get some of that uh, this coming season. And hey, uh, the, a, a team that is their their stock is just going up and up and up, and and definitely a time to celebrate for 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 this for this franchise. But Nick, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this. Fairbrinks Friday, once again, uh, to discuss t- th- this week on the Florida Panthers and their 30th anniversary and everything in between. Uh, guys, uh, listening, if you guys want to comment as well on the YouTube channel about anything we missed talking about on the 30th anniversary, please tell us because <laughs> we did not, neither, neither of us have watched this team from beginning to end. And some mm-hmm. of you listening have. So tell us anything that we missed talking about uh, as well. So we would like to hear back from you. But Nick, thank you so much. And tell everybody where they can follow you.
1: Armando, thank you again. Uh, this was really fun. Uh, just reminiscing about you know how far t- this team has come uh, from the dark days, to the golden days that we're living right now. But uh, two things that I want to bring up. Number one, for one of the nights I want fans to have cowbells because that was a huge thing during the Horton-Weiss um and booth days david booth there, there's a name drop and then i think everybody in the arena for one of those games as well should be have a rat in their seat yes and let's just go to town and because that that is the identity right there so as a as i was going you guys can follow me at Prudentia zero on twitter and on threads at beret 1096
0: awesome awesome nick thank you so much and i will see you next week my friend
1: Thank you. See you next week.
0: And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Lockdown NHL Network, including Lockdown NHL, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone and Steve Roden, and Lockdown NHL Prospects. They can make the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day, and every day is. Make sure you come back next week for. The for next week's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast as we will be having a very special guest on Monday's edition of the show to talk about their journey through the sport of hockey. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks and you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast part of the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day.